Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We are in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and we have been studying verses 20 through 26. A lot here to cover, a lot here to absorb. Jesus is essentially seeking to clarify to the greatest degree to those around him who he was and what he was doing here. He was also, by that action, separating the sheep from the goats, if you will. And we're picking it up in verse 26 today and revisiting that final verse. Let's let's read it again. It says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me where I am. There my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Let me read a couple other verses in relation to that passage. Matthew 10, verse 37 through 39 says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me isn't worthy of me. He who doesn't take his cross and follow after me isn't worthy of me. He who seeks his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Then in Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38, it says, He, being Jesus, called the multitude to himself with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose his life for my sake and the sake of the good news will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what will a man give in exchange for his life? For whoever will be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Now look, the Lord knows that you could make a run for it, Christian. He knows that the cross and the obedience to it are not always easy. Many, of course, will try. Many, of course, have tried. They will try to receive the blessings of the cross and yet withhold then the old life when it comes, or when he comes rather, to make it new. And please understand, I'm not saying repair, I'm saying make new. <clears throat> it's imperative that we have a clarity in this matter that God is not in the rehab business. He's in the rebirth new man business. The Lord knows many of you are indeed truly paying a price to follow him. Perhaps you've been passed by for promotions at work because you've stood for integrity. Or you have stayed in a relationship because you committed yourself in matrimony. Or you have sacrificed a career or a relationship or uh, a pleasure for the sake of the kingdom. Forget it, the world will tell you. I mean, they'll tell you, here's the key, get out, go on, be free. But instead you said, no, my master, my prince, my savior has called me to follow him. And even when it's not easy, I will stay by him. Going on this morning, 
on verse 27 of our text says, When my soul is troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this time. But I came to this time for this cause. Now, way back in verse 21 of this chapter, the Greeks desired to see Jesus. But Christ herein lets them know that it was not enough to see him. They must serve him. We are not today called to be his groupies or his paparazzi. We aren't to be his customers. So when we fail to step up and serve our king, then that is indeed what we become. We become Christian customers. Now we can call him king, but if that is true, then he rules our life and we are to live in servitude servitude to him. Now, here's the work which Christ expects from his servants. According to Romans 12.1, it's very easy. It's very reasonable. Here it is. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And the King James Version clarifies that even to a greater degree by saying it is your reasonable service. Yes, indeed. So first, we are to attend to our master's movements. He says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. Now, the very nature of the word follow speaks of an innate and intimate attribute of movement. Christians must follow Christ, follow his methods and prescriptions. That means we do the things that he says. We follow his example and we follow his pattern. We walk as he also walks. We follow his conduct by his word, his providence, and his spirit. We are to go where he leads us and in the way that he leads us. We must follow the shepherd wherever he goes before us. Again, if any man serve me, if he put himself into that relationship to me, let him apply himself to the business of my service and be always ready at my call. Or we could say, quote, if any man do indeed serve me, let him make an open and public profession of his relation to me by following me as a servant owes his master by following him into the streets. Now, secondly, let these individuals attend to their master's business. Where I am, there let my servant be. Ironically, even a 12-year-old Jesus, being found in the temple, knew that it was there that he was to go about his father's business. Popular notion today is, well, isn't God everywhere? I mean, so aren't I always in his presence? Yes, indeed, but the omnipresence of God is not uh, the point in this passage. To adopt a service position that God is everywhere, so by default God is with me, and thus I can just do whatever I do and God is pleased. Well, that is in reality saying Christ has come to you for your service instead of you going to him. Today we live in an age where there is this pervasive attitude that uh, I want God, I just don't want or need church. But to adhere to that position rejects the scriptural teaching of body life, of Christian community. Look, the fact is, 
certainly in the context of his word here, is that Christ is where his church is, in the assembly of his saints, where his ordinances are administered, where his word is taught, his children worship, his body moves as one, if you will. It's there that his servants are to be, to present themselves before him and to receive instructions uh, from him and to take their place in the body of Christ and to serve him through the gifts that he has given each one of us to build up the whole is to be in his house. Colossians 3.12 says, If then you were raised together with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is. Seated on the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things which are on the earth. Such a premise as this, we need to understand, does not reject one's private life and a personal relationship with Christ. To claim such is simply rather the mantra of the rebellious individual who who rejects accountability and rejects responsibility and rejects the uh, the pride uh, or, or certainly rejects Christ because of the pride that is ruling in their life. Yes, of course, we should absolutely serve in this greater world, this greater church as a representative of Christ and his love. But that does not preempt the attending to the master's house and the exercise of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the local church, in the local body to which we are called. Now, so many of us are, frankly, just forever spiritual children, refusing the responsibilities of maturity and spiritual adulthood. We want to be waited upon. We, we don't want to wait upon others. As children, it just tends to be all about us. So thus, in our oft constant rejection of this fact, we fall prey to what I call the spiritual Peter Pan syndrome. You know, forever child, forever insecure, self-absorbed, needy, seeking attention. Psalm 17, verse 14 and 15 speaks of these. He says, From men by your hand, Yahweh, from men of the world, whose portion is in this life, you fill the belly of your cherished ones. Your sons have plenty and they store up wealth for their children. As for me, I shall see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with seeing your form. Amen. Luke 12, 19-21 I will tell my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You foolish one, tonight your soul is required of you the things which you have prepared. Whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The one that actually serves God, serves Christ, sacrifices himself in his life. It is he who shall be honored by the Father. God, who makes amends for all their pains and he'll make amends for all their losses and all their sacrifices. And he does so by placing an honor upon them. The reward giver is God himself. He takes the services done for the kingdom as done for the Lord Jesus himself. The reward is honor, true lasting honor, the highest honor. It's the honor that comes from God. It is said in Proverbs 27, 18, he that waits on his master, and let's take note, waits humbly and diligently, shall be honored. 
Now, this is not wait as in passing the time, but wait upon as a waiter in a restaurant serving you. Those who serve Christ must humble themselves, and they are therefore commonly ridiculed and persecuted by the world. The recompense of both of those things, they shall be blessed by God. Mark 10, 29-30 says, Jesus said, Most certainly I tell you, there is no one who has loved house or brothers or sisters or father, or mother or wife, or children or land for my sake and for the sake of the good news, but he will receive 100 times more now in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. At the beginning of this passage, way back, Jesus was talking about how eternal life comes to people through the sacrifice of the Son of Man. Jesus then immediately went on to speak of how to gain the most from the life that he has given you, both now and forever, by living sacrificially rather than selfishly. And the general principle is a paradox. Death leads to life. For disciples of Jesus, self-sacrifice does not just mean putting others before themselves. It also means putting Jesus first. The disciple who wants to serve Jesus must follow. He or she must go where Jesus goes and do what he does. True servants, you see, stay close to their masters. And please note that Jesus said these words on the way to the cross and to his glorification. So likewise, his servants who follow him could and can count on such a death, figuratively, if not literally. But beyond that, they could anticipate glory from the Father. The true disciple's life will essentially duplicate the experience of his or her Lord. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.